Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. A good week. Hey, do me a favor just quickly. Just put your hands together for that worship team. These guys are, yeah, come on. We need to thank people. I just want to honor you guys. I know you guys are, these guys are, are meeting, you know, early hours of the morning, late nights, multiple times in the week, all in preparation for uh, Friday and um, I know, you know, a lot of what happens at church happens behind the scenes, happens when we're not looking, right? But uh, you guys, you guys in the worship team, you guys are doing a lot of work, and I honor that. I thank you for what you're doing. Amen? You guys are brilliant. All right, I've got two things that we need to, um, I want to announce to you quickly, I want to share with you before we get started. Uh, the first thing, of course, is um, next week we have uh, Jojo. She's going to be preaching. <laughs> Woo, Jojo. I'm super excited, right? Really pumped about all that's going to happen. Um, invite everyone. Like, if she's going to tank it, let's invite the will to see it. If she's going to succeed, let's bring everybody to into the room to see it. Um, but I'm super excited. And uh, we had Kurt preaching a couple of weeks back. Now we've got Jojo preaching. And um, I'm super excited. Are you ready? Are you ready? There's a, there's a, nervous, there's a nervous yes, right? Take notes and uh, make sure that you tick her off. I'll give you a checklist. Make sure that she does everything correctly. Um, but I'm super excited. The other thing I'm really excited about is um, is uh, what's next, right? On your on your on your chair, you're going to find that what's next. And what we're going to be doing is you'll find actually you'll find a registration uh, out the back next to you know where we there's the giving station. You're going to see also that uh, there's next steps banner which is up. Uh, I believe that everyone's got a next step. There is always something more for you to do. There is always something more, uh, an area of growth, something more you can achieve, something more you can learn about. Uh, and so next steps is where everything happens. And what's next is going to be the next thing that we do. And growth track is, here's how it works. E-groups is where we meet every week. And there's multiple groups, whether you want to join a creative team, whether you want to get involved in all that happens in here, whether you want to you know, whether you're brave enough to do kids' church, whatever it is, there is a million different teams. Uh, E-groups is where we meet on, in the middle of the week, and, and I believe that we can do, well, Andy Stanley said it best. He said we can do it more in circles than we can in rows. This is where we engage. This is where we learn. This is where we kind of get used to the idea of praying, where we can have the freedom to say, hey, I'm not sure I'm okay with that. I'm learning. I don't understand. So it's a safe zone. It's a place where we can all just kind of connect and get to know each other and learn. Growth tracks, however, uh, are designed at times throughout the year. We're going to run different growth tracks. And that it may not be something that you always want to do. It may be something that I say, I really think you should do. But sometimes there's things along the way that you really need to learn. And it's where you can come away from your e-group, come away and get into an environment where it's you and people who want to learn exactly the same thing, exactly the same time as you. There's no one better in the room. There's none of that. There's just a time where we can meet. And so this growth track is going to be what's next. And what's next really happens, for the most part, what I'm finding is people make a decision to follow Jesus. And then what? We don't know. Like, what do I do? What's the next step? What is my next move? And so I want to put you in the room. If you're, if you're game, I'm going, to do, I'm going to be teaching it myself, right? But I'm going to teach you about salvation. What is it? Like, what actually happened when I made that decision? What does that mean today? What does that mean moving forward? I'm going to help you understand baptism. 
right? Water baptism. What is that? Is it something to be scared about? It? Why do we, do we understand it? Do we not understand it? I'm going to help you understand that. I'm going to help you understand uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Not taught anywhere near enough. Really powerful. A lot of people have no idea, and I want to help you understand it because it's such a powerful, amazing thing. There is so much more for you in your Christian walk. I want to help you understand that. And then the fourth week, I'm going to help you understand what your next step is, what it is. How do I read my Bible? What is prayer? What is this thing? How do I get this thing right? How do I understand it? So I want to help you with that. It's going to be four weeks, right? And you can register out at the next step thing. There's a, there's a form where you can just fill in your details. I'll send you more. Uh, the address is there. Everything you need to know is there. And we're going to do four weeks. If, if you haven't done this, if you've made a decision, maybe it's today you make that decision or you've made it 10 years ago, and you think, man, I just need to understand this a little bit better. I need to understand what is salvation, baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and what is my next step. Can I encourage you? This growth track is going to be brilliant. It's going to be just for you. Amen? So that you've got some details there. That's to jog your memory. Don't leave without putting your details on that form, right? And then we're inviting everyone because Jojo's preaching next week. I'm going to be, I've got a week off, kind of. All right, are you ready? We're getting started. Prayer and fasting, we're still heading that way. That did not sound anywhere near. In my mind, I was like, woo, someone's going to shout. <laughs> not going to happen. Um, so, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're heading toward prayer and fasting and, um, and then Wednesday. So we're going to start praying Wednesday. We're going to pray all of Wednesday, we're going to pray all of Thursday, we're going to pray Friday, then we're going to meet, there's some details for you on your chair, there's some details there on the fast, I'm going to explain some of this as we go, some of it at the end, don't overthink this thing just yet, and then we're going to have worship night, we're going to meet at M's house, the details are on that piece of paper, and we're just going to worship, and then I'm going to break the fast, and you can have pizza or fruit or fruit juice, you can have whatever you like, there's going to be some food there for you. Um, yeah, see, not so keen on fasting, but game for food, amen. And, um, and then we're going to break the fast, and, and so I'm going to explain some stuff to you as we go, and then I'm going to get you to really think about this week what fasting means to you and what do you want to fast. I'm going to explain as we go, amen. Matthew 17, from 14. And when they had come to the multitude. So Jesus and his disciples, there's a multitude of people, right? Go with me to this field because I like to just be, we've got to be there, right? Otherwise, it's just, it's just something we read. We've got to be present, right? There's a whole bunch of people and they're on their way. And a man came to him, that's Jesus, and kneeling down to him and saying, I like the posture of this. I like the posture of this. He recognizes who Jesus is, and he comes and humbles himself at the feet of Jesus. There's something about what happens right there, right? We're not going to go there, but it's just something. Always be mindful about when you see somebody, how they approach Jesus. is very, very important, right? And he says, the Lord, have mercy on my son, for he ha he's an epileptic and suffers severely. He's not just an epileptic. This guy is suffering, and it's severe, Right? And he often falls into the fire and often falls into water. And so I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. And then Jesus answers. You can imagine this, this dad. He's like, come on, you've got to help me. My son is like going through, this is something traumatic. You have to help me. And I've, I've taken him to the disciples. They didn't know what to do. But I, like, you have to, I, I need you to come through for me right here. And Jesus answers, because Jesus is so full of love and grace. 
He says, oh, faithless, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long do I have to bear with you? How long do I have to put up with you guys? Right? How long? Bring him here to me. Right? Imagine if you're a disciple for a moment. You'd really be feeling pretty down at this stage. Right? Not only have you just feel like you failed at the task, he's called you out in front of the multitude. You're thinking, thanks, bro. You, like, you didn't have to speak that loud as well. Like, we tried. It's not like we didn't put any effort in. We, we tried. Do you know what I mean? Like, you come to Jesus and sell us out. That's like, we gotta, we, you go home tonight. We've got to walk with this guy for the next couple of years. Right? Like, whatever, bro. And then Jesus looks at the kid and goes, oh. And he looks at the disciples. How long do I have to tolerate you? Get a grip. Bring the kid to me. Jesus rebukes the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Of course they would do this privately. They're not going to go public again, right? They go privately, and they go, why could we not cast it out? I mean, I was next. Obviously, Thomas and, you know, struggled. I didn't struggle as much, but we just want to know privately, like, what, did, what, went, what happened? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, be a disciple for a moment, right? Your unbelief is what caused this, this issue. You were unable to bring a cure because of your unbelief. Furthermore, you don't even need a lot of faith. You only need like a tiny little bit. So you have none, apparently, right? If you had the smallest amount of faith, you'd say to this mountain, move from here, and it would move. And nothing would be impossible for you. So because of your unbelief, your lack of faith, everything's impossible for you. And you didn't even need a lot. You just needed a little. I'm thinking, if I'm a disciple, I'm thinking, man, I suck. I've missed, I've missed this assignment by a long shot. Like, I went in, I came in hot. They brought this kid. I was, get out the way. In Jesus' name. Grabbed hold, nothing. You know, you get bumped out the way while your, neck, your mate comes in. In Jesus' name, nothing. Like, there was just nothing, nothing, nothing. But it's not like they didn't try. They did. They tried. They put in an effort. They worked at this. It's not like they shied away and went to Jesus and said, oh, we were scared. We didn't know what to do. So we just thought we'd do nothing. No, they tried and failed. And sometimes we try and we fail. We put in an effort and nothing happens. I've told the story that I remember one day I prayed for a guy for healing and his foot did not heal. There were a lot of people. I had faith that night. I was like, man, this guy's he's going to grow an extra leg the way I'm praying. I prayed and prayed. Nothing. I prayed and prayed. Nothing. I prayed. Can you move it? He goes, yeah. And I said, and how's it feeling? He goes, it's still that sore. And I prayed. Well, the prayer line ended, but I didn't. I pushed through. I was like a man of faith. And eventually something broke. And he was healed. And he walked back to his chair. I was so excited. You don't understand. I was like, God, this is amazing. Like everybody quit, but not me, baby. I came out on top. And after the service, he made his way to the back of the room and he went out. And I was so excited. I just ran after him because I wanted to thank him for the opportunity. Thanks for sticking that out with me, for not going back to your chair, for letting me push forward. And, and I, I ran out. And when I got outside, I turned the corner. He had turned left to go to his car. And all I saw him doing is this. And I realized he absolutely lied. 
he absolutely lied. There was no healing power in Andrew. Nothing happened there. He was just embarrassed and he just needed to get back to his seat, right? But I tried. I tried. And I feel like as a disciple, you're looking and you're going, I gave my best shot, man, and there was nothing. However, verse 21, however. All right. So Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it would move and nothing would be impossible. However, 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 however. And this is a big however. This is a massive however. Because he's addressing their unbelief and he's addressing the fact that they had so little faith. However, you need this faith. You need this unbelief. You need to function in that capacity. However, even if you had functioned in that faith, even if you had the faith of a mustard seed, this kind does not go out except by prayer and by fasting. So you can have all the faith in the world, but there is a power that comes from prayer and from fasting that you are not going to obtain by even just functioning in faith. So he addresses their lack of, of faith. He addresses their unbelief. However, well, often we're functioning in faith and we're functioning, we're just pushing and pushing and working and working and working and wondering why is there no breakthrough? Because there are some things that the demonic is doing that only is dealt with through prayer and through fasting. When you get alone with God, when you hear from God, there is a power that comes that you will not have by raising your hand or standing in a worship session or coming to church once a week. You want to see the supernatural, the all-powerful of God. You're going to have to break away from everything and get into a place where it's just you and that almighty, all-powerful God. So there's a few things we need to settle in our Christian walk. Number one is our unbelief, our lack of faith. Right? Do you believe that it's possible? Because when you believe it's possible, you function differently. Believing that it's possible makes you function differently. Like if you believe, I remember when I was swimming, my, my, my dad and mom used to put coins in the bottom of the pool. It was like they were trying to buy me drowning or something. And they would put these coins, and I was so scared to dive because it's so deep, right? Like it, what happens if I don't come back up? I'm going to be rich and dead. Like I don't understand. And so like you, you would look at the edge of the pool, and you're like, you're almost do you or don't you? And then you learn, you dive, and you just come back up. But eventually... You're pretending like you can't so that they put more money down there. You know full well you can, right? You're diving in and you're just raking it in. You're just raking in the money. You function differently when you believe. There is something that happens when you have faith. The other thing we need to deal with is our lack of prayer and fasting. People used to say, if a prayer meeting is so important, why does nobody turn up? No, a prayer meeting is important. That's why only a few turn up. There are a few who do understand, not a whole lot that don't. If you understand prayer, you're there. You want to be part of this. You want to pray because you understand how powerful it is. But the reason we don't pray and we don't fast is because um, it's powerful. It's very powerful. Being a disciple was not enough. Being a follower of Jesus was not enough. There's something in prayer and fasting that we needed. There is a power 
that is received when you pray and when you fast that you can't get by just saying, I'm a Christian. You want that kind of power. You want that kind of anointing. It's going to cost you something. You with me? So this is why we pray. We have faith that we believe that God can do something powerful. We fast because we realize that in our own world, we can't do it. We need, to be, we need to be cemented in what God's doing in our lives. We have to be close to where He is. And so do you pray and do you fast? Or is Sunday the only day you do anything spiritual? You know how powerful it is, but is this the only day you do anything spiritual? People say to me all the time, like, no, I pray when I drive. Yes, so do I. I also pray when I drive. And I think that that's good. The Bible says pray always. I pray when I'm working. I pray when clients are annoying me. I, I do a lot. I'm always praying. But do we set time aside to pray and time aside to fast? Is Sunday the only day you do it? And so I read this in the Bible and I realize, not that I'm messing up. I don't approach this from the perspective of, man, I'm just like those disciples, right? Like I'm just not doing enough. I approach it from the perspective of there's more available to me. There is so much more available to you. You can have so much more power, so much more anointing, such a great relationship with Jesus. If you would just take the time, if you would just take the time. And so I want you to approach it from that perspective because the truth of the matter is we need to sharpen ourselves in the Spirit. We need to be sharp. Amen? There was this uh, young lumberjack. And uh, he started his work career. And this dude was, you know, he, he's you know, six foot, long hair, had holes in his ears. Just strong guy, just solid. Uh, really good looking young guy. And, and, and he's starting his career and he starts to, you know, like anything, you just get going. At first, you don't know what you're doing, but he starts to get some confidence, and he starts to get good. You know, you get that one dude in industry. He's just starting to get, he's got it going on. And he's starting to cut down trees, and he's starting to get some muscle, and he's getting faster, right? And eventually, he starts realizing, I'm, I'm like a cut above the rest, right? Like, I'm, I'm just that little bit better than everybody, and the more he does it, the fitter he becomes and the stronger he becomes. And he's just smashing this thing. And one day he decides, it's time for me to teach the old dogs how it's done. And so he goes to one of the other lumberjacks, one of the older boys who's been doing it his whole life. And he says, I think it's time we have a competition. Let's see who's the best. Right? And the old guy says, absolutely, 100%. Let's do it. And so they line up and there's all these trees. And, and it's like, on your marks, get it. Go and they start, they start smashing down these trees. And this young guy, he is hammering away. And the old guy, he's like, he's going. I mean, he's giving it a red hot go, but he, he's nowhere near as quick as this young guy. And then on top of it, every, every hour, the old guy just stops and he just takes a 15 minute break. Well, the young guy looks over his shoulder. He thinks, You've got no chance. You have got no chance. You're not going to beat me. I'm fit, I'm strong, and I've left you for dead, old man. And they get to the end of the race, and the young guy finds out that the old man has cut down a third more trees than him. And he doesn't understand. He goes to this old guy. He goes, I don't understand. What happened? Like, 
Man, I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm fast. I, I feel like I should have owned you. How did you beat me? And then you stopped and you took a 15-minute break every hour. And the old guy looks at him and says, while you were cutting down trees as fast and as hard as you could, I took a 15-minute break and I sharpened my axe. It's pretty hard to cut down a tree with a baseball bat. But sometimes we're working really hard. Even as Christians, we're working so hard. We're pushing so hard. But we haven't sharpened ourselves in the spirit. We could be doing, we could be effective, not just busy. We need to be efficient, not just busy. We need to hear from God and hit it first time, not just hit everything hoping somewhere something lands. Right? That's why I say, I, and, and please don't get me wrong, like I'm happy to knock anyone, but the truth of the matter is I see a lot of prophetic guys. They're so quick to run their mouth. It's just such a, you know, God wants to bless you. Man, I don't need no prophet to tell me that. I've got a Bible, baby. The Bible told me that. Jesus told me, I don't need some over. No, tell me something specific. Go and hear from God and say something specific. Land this thing. I see the prophets of the Old Testament. They heard from God and they spoke to something. And you stand back and you think, how on earth? Yeah, go on, wet your timber. He just stands there and goes, fire and bam, lightning comes. How did you know? How did you get there? How did you do that? How do you listen to some of the prophets of the Old Testament? They prophesied things and then bam, it happened. How do they prophesy the life and death and resurrection of Jesus by going, you're going to be blessed? No, they spent time in the presence of God. They heard from Him. There was a power and an anointing that we don't see now because we don't do what they did. Not because they were somehow superhuman. The Bible tells us He was a man just like you and I. There was nothing special about Him. He was not better looking. He was not more anointed. He didn't have a better microphone or better batteries. He had nothing different to you and me. He was a man, but He knew God. And when God speaks to a person who, and they hear from God, there is something different that happens. So if you want that kind of power, you need to sharpen your axe. You want to cut down some trees, you need to sharpen that axe. You want to see some breakthrough, you need to sharpen yourself in the Spirit. You need to sharpen yourself in the Word. And so for years, I, you know, prayer was scary to me. I first gave my life to Jesus. Prayer was scary. Fasting was like hunger games. I just thought something was going to happen. I was like, man, fasting is just like, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And the older I got, the more mature I got, the more I learned, the more I realized something. I crave everything except Jesus. We crave everything except Jesus. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, are you hungry? But like for something specific. Have you ever had that moment? You're just like, hmm. And it's always something odd. It's like, I need like, I need like pickled fish and egg. Right? It's like always something specific. Like, no, I need those barbecue or those chili wings from Nando's. That's the one. And nothing will satisfy until you hit that thing. Right? Not very often you have that about God. It's just not very often you have that. I want what God wants for me. 
And I believe in my heart that you want what God has for you. And I know that for many of us, the world has left its mark on us. Like the world did some damage. But some of you have got some really, really interesting stories. Most of you should be doing prison time, right? It doesn't. Like your, your life, you just think about some of your life and you think, man, I'm a wreck today because of my past. And some of it wasn't my fault, but a lot of it was. I made some dumb decisions. The problem with all those dumb decisions is you were there every one of them that you made. So you are the problem. And we need more God and we need less world in us. And we're being affected by everything around us. Romans 12 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Like, I want to know what God has for me. I want to know the will of God for my life. But everything out there is changing me. Everything is affecting me. And I notice this because when I talk to people, sometimes I realize, why did I just tolerate that conversation? Like, just a week ago, I wouldn't have tolerated that nonsense. And then a week from now, I don't tolerate it again. I think Andrew's losing his mind. He's definitely losing his mind. But it's affecting us. And if we don't change, and if we don't address it, and we don't deal with it very, very fast, eventually, we're going to look like the world, sound like the world, we're going to speak like them, we're going to behave like them, we're going to sound exactly like them, we're going to believe what they believe, and we're going to glorify God the same way they do, and they don't at all. Very, very quickly, unless we change this, something very bad is going to happen. Very bad. It's going to happen very quick. And we're already seeing things shift. I'm cautioning you. You are being affected by everything around you. And you're beginning to conform to certain things. Certain patterns of this world. You're beginning to walk in alignment with them. And God is calling us to step away from that. And the only way to step away from that is to hear what the other way is. And the only way you're going to hear what the other way is, is to spend time with Him. Because if you leave it to you, all you've got is the radio and Spotify and the guy at work and that cute girl around the corner. There is everything is talking to you. Everything. You want to know what your future is going to look like? You need to, you need to decide. Am I willing to put certain things one side so that I can get into the presence of God? John 10, 27, 28 says this. One of the hardest scriptures to read, actually. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Jesus is saying, my people, they hear me. And those that hear me, I give them eternal life. And ain't nothing going to change that. And a lot of people I talk to will tell me, I don't hear the voice of God. Does that mean I'm not a Christian? I don't hear Jesus. I don't, I don't experience that the same way you make it seem, Andrew, like that happens a lot. Now, now don't get me wrong. I don't hear this, Andrew. I don't hear that. There's not this audible voice. That's every 30 seconds going, preach this. I wish it was like that. 
I do, in my heart I wish, right? But I'm praying enough and spending enough time with God that I know where He's leading. I can feel Him leading me. I can feel those moments where I feel like I've like got one of those dog collars on. I can feel Him yank back. Uh-uh. Stop that. I can feel that. But a lot of people say, I can't hear God. Like, why don't I, if I'm his, one of his sheep, if I follow him, why don't I hear his voice? And the truth of the matter is, there is no way you will hear his voice if everything you listen to is contrary to him. If I said to you, there's a guy in the middle of Kazakhstan called Bruce, do you, if I popped him on the phone, would you know if it was him? No. Why not? Because I don't know him. How would I know his voice? But if I knew who he was, if I popped your dad or your mom onto the phone, one word, Andrew, mom, I'm on my way home. I'm sorry, it's Kurt's fault. Just one word and I, I knew her voice. We don't hear God because we're so distracted. We're so listening to everything other than him. And then we go, but I don't hear his voice. Yeah, but you heard the voice of Netflix. You heard the voice of Spotify. You heard their voice, her voice, his voice. You've heard every voice except his. And what are you expecting? God's going to say, no, no, no. I'm going to kick down the door. No, he's a gentleman. You don't want to talk to me, baby. Don't talk. You don't want to hear from me. That's fine. Question is, do you want to hear from him? How do I hear his voice? Like, how do I get to that place where I can hear him, where I feel him, where I experience his prompting, his leading? How do I get there? You know those moments. You've had them before where, where you, you're walking through the shopping center and it's like, you're like, no one, no one said a word, but you're like, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's not the Lord. I don't need to speak to him. You know there's like this pull. Tell him about, give him the gospel. Mm-mm. Do it. Mm-mm. Speak to him. Tell him the gospel. Share the gospel. Josh, share the gospel. Like it, You've heard, you've felt, you've experienced it. You've experienced it in worship. You're worshiping God and then something you're like, man, I don't love this song half as much as what my body's telling me I do. I've got goosebumps everywhere. Beck is just singing, oh, Lord, I love you. What, where did that come from? You know that feeling. You've, you've stood here, you're like, I'm not raising my hands. I will not. And then there's this moment where you're like, shouldn't have done it. She's never going to like me now. Who raises their hand? You give it a few months in the presence of God and you're the person in the front. You, it's true. You get into the presence of God and things start to change. Moses fasted before he received the commandments. David mourning his child's illness. Elijah fasted while escaping Jezebel. Ezra fasted while mourning over sin. Esther fasted for the safety of the Jews. Darius fasted for the safety of Daniel. Top bloke. Jesus fasted before temptation by Satan. I'm just facing temptation. Did you face it coming out of a fast? No. Okay. Paul fasted after his conversion. We spoke about that. Church elders in Antioch fasted before sending out missionaries. You look through Scripture, you're going to see all these different people fasting. I want to help you now with a couple of things. You see all these different people fasting for a variety of different reasons. If you are facing some of those reasons, 
There is nothing better than getting into the Word of God, finding somebody who struggled with something you struggled with, came through because of God's grace, because it carries with it, the testimony carries with it, the power to do again. That's what testimony has. The root word of, uh, of testimony is to do again. So when you hear a testimony, that's why you've got to tell the testimony, what God's done, what God's doing, right? Not just when I was drunk. No, that's your story. I don't care about that. No one cares about that. That's just going to get you back there. When you share that story, that testimony of what God's doing in your life, it carries with it the power to happen again. When you read these stories in Scripture, you go, wow, I need to pray for a friend or I'm facing trials or temptations. And you find something in Scripture, read it, it's going to help you. Right? It's going to help you. But when you're heading into a time of fasting, you do not need to be just like everyone else. You with me? People fasted for specific things in the Bible. Very, very specific things. You can fast like them for the same reason, but you do not need to fast like them for their reason. You can fast like you for your reason. Right? You don't need to copy anyone. That's why I haven't asked you guys, how, what exactly are you fasting? Or how, how long? Like, you do not need to copy anyone. You do not need to tell anyone what you're fasting. If you don't want to fast, there is no requirement for you to fast. I'm teaching you why you should consider it. But I'm not telling you you will or won't. I'm not your mother, right? But I'm telling you, you don't need to copy someone. If Kurt decides to fast for 800 days with no food and no water, let him die alone. You do not need to go with him on that journey, right? I think it's 750 or something he said that he's going for. He's fine. Right? But it's time to decide. Because it's my prayer and it's my fast. And we're going to do more of them. We're going to do more. And I'm going to try and help you. And I'm going to help you to get better and better and better at it. Not just tell you fast 40 days, no food, no water. Right? That's how you die. I want you to win. I want you to experience God. I want you to have some success in this fast. I want you to come out going, that was good. I'm glad I did it. I want more. Not, I can barely walk. I haven't had anything, seen anything or anyone for months. Right? I want you to enjoy it. Right? So here's what you need to do. Decide what you're trusting God for. You must decide what it is. And I want you to write it down. Write it down. Here's the point of a fast. It needs to be A, it needs to be specific. God is specific. Don't say, bless me. Be specific. What are you trusting God for? Right? Whenever, whenever you had a resume, you never just say, we're employing. No, what are you employing for? We need a receptionist. And what does she need? She needs to be able to handle a computer. She needs to have some experience on a telephone. She needs to be able to come in here and carry herself well. She's going to be the face of the company. She needs to look after herself. We want somebody who's analytical, who's tidy, who loves organization. There are things that when that person walks through the door, you've got to be able to look at each other and go, that's our girl or that's our guy. Amen? Like, yeah, that's what we're looking for. You must be specific when you're looking for something, when you're trusting God for. Amen? Don't just say a house. 
Because when God gives you one and it's in the middle of Kalgoorlie somewhere, that you ask for that. Right? Be specific. Don't just say, I need a woman. Don't just say that. You don't understand, gentlemen, what you're going to get. You don't. No, she could be ugly as sin. She could be an absolute handful. No, 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 God, she must be. I want a woman who's God-fearing, who serves you, who's passionate, who has vision. She has a destiny. She knows you. She has purpose. I will be very, very clear. Ladies, do not just say a man. Do not just say a man. Right? You might get Josh. You don't want that necessarily. He's taken. He's spoken for. Right, number B, it needs to be unique to you. Don't listen in or read somebody else's notes. Don't go, oh, yours actually looks quite good. What, what was that second line? Don't pray somebody else's prayer. Pray yours. Have a personal relationship with Jesus. You don't need to be like the person next to you, right? See, it needs to be full of Bible and full of prayer. If you're going to fast, you need to set time aside to spend with Him in His Word, right? Not Him and His Word and Netflix, Sorry. I'm asking, you've got, a piece of, you've got this on your, on, your, on your chair. Take it with you, right? Here's what I'm asking you to do. On the first day, I'm asking you to pray for you. Pray for you. Do you know that you matter? Do you know that it matters what you pray? Pray for you. Day two, I'm asking you to pray for the Link Church. I'm asking you to pray for this church. Take time and pray for this church. And I'm asking you to pray for Sound City. Why? Because they oversee me, right? They don't, they don't, there's, there's nothing they require from me. There's nothing I have to give to them. But I have Pastor Daryl who speaks into my life. He encourages me, helps me stay on track, checks what I'm doing, makes sure that I don't go, you know, left field. And I like that. I've chosen that. I've asked for that. But I want to see them blessed as well. Amen? Um, and then... Number on day three, I want us to pray for Rockingham, which, by the way, turns out that is bigger than planet Earth, right? But it includes Bell Divers. Let's pray. And don't just go, God, I pray for Bell Divers. What are you praying? Be specific. God, that there would be revival in the young people, that you would do something in the schools, in the universities, God, that you would stir up a generation that might have drifted. Come on, we need to be clear, we need to be specific in prayer. Don't just don't just babble. Three minutes of, of, of clear prayer is way better than four hours of, uh, uh, yeah, 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 I think like, yeah, whatever. No, be clear. Write it down. Amen? And then for three days, I'm asking you to do this. this, is gonna, this some people are going to struggle here. No radio or TV. What about when I drive? Still no radio, still no TV. What, there is this one series I'm almost done on Netflix. No Netflix, no TV, three days. No social media. Don't be liking those posts I'm watching. <laughs> M's like, they will. They will. I've worked hard. They will like them. No fast food. I want you to eat clean. Lots of water. Lots of water. Lots of juice. Lots of stuff that's going to look after you. Eat clean. Those, those green things, vegetables and stuff. And, and by all means, dip it in chocolate because it's broccoli. You have to do something, but just veggies. Amen? Um, I want you, if possible, if, if you're able, if you're keen, Friday before the worship session, try and do no food for that. Try. Push yourself if you can. 
right? Also, please let this be noted, I'm not a doctor. Like, I've just, I'm not. If, if fasting is going to kill you, please don't do it, right? Like, if you're on medication or whatever, speak to, speak to those who know. I'm just telling you the spiritual stuff, what we're going to do. But if there is a reason you can't, please don't. If you're working in a high-intense environment that's just about to kill you and you have to eat because like, you, you, you've got to do it, like physically, please, please do it, right? I'm, I'm asking you to fast and I'm giving you other things that we need to give up. Are you with me? And the rest of the fast is entirely up to you. It's up to you and you don't need to answer to anyone. You don't need to tell anyone you don't need to advertise it. You don't need to past it. You don't need, I know social media, don't save the, the photo for later going hashtag no meal Wednesday. Like, we don't need that. Just for you. More important than anything, and I'm, I'm asking you this, more important than anything, for those of you that are on social media, most of you are on there for at least about nine hours a day. Spend that time with him. Go to your bedroom, read your Bible, Online, right? You got till Wednesday to work out how far we have come in the Bible 365 plan. For some of you, you can catch up. You start at Matthew 1 and you catch up. Read your Bible. You with me? And I want you to remember this. This is not about what you can't have. That's the enemy talking. It's not about what you can't have. It's about what you can have. There is a power and an anointing that you can have and you can receive just in these next few days. It's going to set you up for the season to come. But it's time to get sharp. I don't want to watch you guys running around trying to cut down trees with a baseball bat. I want you to be sharp. I don't want you, I, I, I want us to be clean. I want us to be clear, right? If you're not sure, uh, what we're praying about, we, in e-group, we have a list of things. And I'm telling you already, in week one, we saw breakthrough. In week two, we saw breakthrough. This last, was it last week? Somebody, somebody shared about healing. Um, we, we, are, we are praying and we are believing God and we are seeing things. If you need something, you need me to pray about something specific, you send it to me. You'll see on the, that WhatsApp, not WhatsApp, that signal group there, right? That's a team. If, you, if you're not part of it, text me. Jump on that team. That's a place where we encourage each other. We pray for things. If you need prayer, that's my phone number on there. Text me privately. You have my word. I won't share it with anyone. But I'm praying for you guys. For specifics, I'm praying. If you need something, I will pray specifically for you. But I'm trusting God that this season is not going to be this fear of fasting, but rather this, oh my gosh, I have an opportunity to cut everything out for three days of my life, three days, you will survive it, three days, and get to press in and spend time with Jesus, just to get close to Him. Sometimes you just need some quiet time. You'll be amazed at what happens when you don't hear His voice, but you also don't hear other things. It's like a detox. It's a good thing. It's a powerful thing to get alone and just have quiet time and just experience what that feels like. Amen? Are we going to do it? Are you going to survive it? Josh is keen now. He started, he's like, he started, he was like, I don't know about this fasting thing. How do I fast and eat? And do, like, I'm not, I can't give that stuff up. Is there a fasting plan that does not include your plan? Right? That's what he wanted to know. Now he's ready. Amen? Come on, jump to your feet. Let's close in prayer.
just want you to close your eyes for a moment. My, my, this is, and I mean this with, with, with all honesty. There are, that boy who had epilepsy was not the only person who needed a miracle. And the desperation to have to come to Jesus. And have you noticed how sometimes we will try everything in Jesus' last? And the world will do the same. Your friends, your family, they all do the same. They try everything before Jesus. They've tried every doctor. They've tried every scan. They've tried every parent. They've tried every person. They've tried everything. And then they, they get to the end of themselves and then Jesus. And it's amazing how Jesus had to consult with none of the previous things to be able to do a miracle. And there are people in your life, people in my life, people that we know collectively who are struggling severely. Whatever the struggle is, now in this case, this boy was epilepsy, but they are struggling severely. It could be pain. It could be anger. It could be addiction. It could be brokenness. It could be uh, a number of things that are just kind of pulling them down, holding them back. And I'm asking that, that we get sharp in the spirit so that we can pray specifically and clearly, that we can hear from the Lord, that we can function in that anointing, that when we lay our hands on them, they'd recover. I believe that in these days, we will see signs and wonders. We're going to see God do the most incredible things. Your Instagram ain't going to get you there. Facebook's not going to get you there. Missing church, making it a, a secondary thought is not going to get you there. It's going to be putting him and his ways and his will first that's going to get us there. And say some of you might be trusting God for some big things, very big things. We serve a big God. Can I encourage you? Go with a big prayer. Pray big. Pray God use me until it scares you. God use my business until it frightens you. Pray a prayer that's so big that it has to be God that steps in. And I know in the back of your mind, it's like, what happens if it doesn't? What if it doesn't work out? What if it hasn't worked out? What if to this point it's just falling apart? I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. It seems too far gone. It seems broken beyond repair. I don't know how to put the pieces back together, Lord. That heaviness that comes, all of this is going to be lifted. And you're going to seek daylight again. The excitement in that family from that very hour that kid was healed. And Jesus said, if you would pray and if you would fast, then these are the things you would see. Don't you want to see it? Aren't you tired of just reading the Bible and seeing like, oh, 
the stories of old. Why can't they be what happens right here, right now? Why can't we see the healing power of God right here, right now? Why can't we see people forgiven, saved, and set free right here, right now? Why can't we see a generation turn their attention back to God right now? What is stopping this place from being full to overflow every single week? What is stopping God from doing something great in the city? Absolutely nothing. But it's going to take a generation of people who stand up and say, God, count me in. I'm not going to put you second. I'm not going to put your words second. I'm not going to put prayer second. I'm not going to put church second. No, I'm going to preference the things that matter to you most. I'm going to come into your presence with thanksgiving and with praise. I'm going to share the love of God everywhere I go. I'm going to work as an unto the Lord. I'm going to bring my business to Him and say, Lord, use us for your glory. I'm not going to hold on to the th things that are just holding me back. My Netflix, my money, my, 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 the things that I want to read, the things I want to look at online. No, we need to come into his presence and say, Jesus, it's you and you alone. So Father, I just pray. I know what I, I, just, I know that as we lead towards prayer and fasting, I know that every distraction will begin to get louder. Everything will begin to scream. Every negative report can come. Every doctor seems to update you with bad news. There is always something that takes our attention from you. But we ask God that you would remove all distraction, that we could come to you with hearts open, with minds clear, that we could fast and hear your voice, God, that you would direct us that you would give us favor, God, that you would show us direction, you would show us where to go, what to do, that our relationship would change. We'd have that intimate relationship. We would come out of this saying, I hear the voice of God. And I'm seeing things change. And I'm seeing things get healed. I'm seeing breakthrough. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.